0: All right. Hello, everybody. Good morning. It is 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. It is August the 22nd, and that means it's time to track the tropics. From west to in central Florida, I'm meteorologist Eric Burris.
1: And I'm WJCL 22, chief meteorologist Jeremy Nelson in Savannah, Georgia.
0: All right. So, Jeremy, let's just take a minute and reflect. <laughs> the last couple of weeks as we've been talking, things have been crickets chirping in the Atlantic and the entire time we knew come late August everything was going to change.
1: Yeah and we were really saying in the last several times we've been tracking the tropics on Tuesdays that the last 10 to 14 days of the month there would be an uptick in activity. We were saying uh, maybe we get rid of some of this dusty dry air and subsidence or sinking air over the Atlantic basin and we would start to see a more active period and here we are Uh, Just here over the last several days, we've now had four named storms in just 39 hours. And Phil Plotzbach at Colorado State, uh, who puts out some interesting stats, said it's the fastest time on record for four Atlantic named storm formations, breaking the old record uh, that was set 48 hours to get four in 1983 and also in 1980.
0: That's crazy. 1883
1: I mean, to 1980.
0: Okay, so this is not a normal thing. I mean, in, in just one day, Sunday, it was like, Emily, Gert, you know, uh, Frank uh, Emily, Franklin, Gert. It was just like, bada-bing, bada-boom. We had a bunch, and, and now we, of course, have Harold. So uh, let's start then with Tropical Storm Harold because, Jeremy, this thing is working its way toward the coastline of Texas and Mexico.
1: Yep, so basically between Corpus Christi and Brownsville, and not all tropical systems are bad things this area needed rain a lot of texas has been experiencing drought conditions you don't want too much of a good thing though uh this is kind of a heavy rain producer so i assume there would at least be street flooding maybe um some other flooding concerns there but overall a good thing here with the rain uh winds it looks like uh does that say up to 50 now
0: yes yeah there's a new advisory that literally just came in and what you and i were discussing off the air actually just played out
1: oh yeah and that was, um, I think it was at 9 a.m., the National Hurricane Center, we were debating whether they had the center of circulation a little bit too far south because uh, we were looking at some of the circulations within the radar, and we were like, eh, it looks like it's probably... Closer to Corpus Christi than it is Brownsville, and they certainly have moved that up now, and I'd say landfall maybe in the next hour or so.
0: Yeah, and you can see that that shield of yellows and oranges. That's This isn't an organized hurricane, so it's not like you're dealing with an eyewall structure or anything, but you're dealing with the center of circulation, which is typically where you're going to have the most intense activity. And so our, for our friends from, like, uh, you know, Brownsville up through Corpus, they're in uh, the Rio Grande Valley there. It's very torrential rainfall. And now we are going to start to see those wind gusts. So yeah, the winds on this are up to 50 miles an hour. The good news, at least, Jeremy, it's not expected to dilly-dally. It's going to be moving at a quick-ish rate. So the rain is going to pile up, but not as bad as if it was kind of more of a, um, oh my God, what was that storm system that like sat over Houston? Harvey? Thank you. Yeah, that one.
1: And then, I mean, going way back, a tropical storm that brought Houston all kinds of rain, I believe, was Tropical Storm Allison.
0: Yes, right. So it moves, and that's the good news. Uh, One interesting thing, though, Jeremy, while we're discussing, uh, Harold, is that it may not have been a hotspot in our hurricane forecast, but it was an area of interest.
1: Yeah, so going back to March the 1st when we issue our hurricane season forecast, we put out our hotspots, which are, like, areas that we really think have a higher than normal chance of landfall this year. And then we have a couple other areas that we're like, you know what? These do favor maybe a little bit above average activity. Right. And we had that little part of the South Texas coast between Corpus Christi and Brownsville in one of our other areas of interest to kind of watch for a landfalling system this year. And the first one to hit the U S coast will be Harold. So uh, there it is.
0: Yeah. So we did have that activity, which led it to be an area of interest again. Um, all part of our hurricane forecast that has remained unchanged since March the 1st. So always, you know, it's not, you know, it's one of those situations where when it plays out the way you kind of think it's going to, it's at least worth mentioning. So um, there's that. All right. Elsewhere, Jeremy, we have more tropical systems to deal with. You want to take this one?
1: Uh, sure. So we're looking at Tropical Storm Franklin, which right now it's just kind of meandering around. In the Caribbean hasn't moved. A whole lot. It's nearly stationary, only a movement at about three miles per hour. Uh, We have the uh, radar from Puerto Rico on right now. So they're getting a lot of rain from this and that will continue. Uh, Looks like Hispaniola. Uh, So we're looking at Haiti. Dominican Republic will also uh, have some impact from this. But the storm really will start to get organized once it gets north of some of these islands. And that one that you see there is a forecast of it being hurricane strength.
0: Yeah, so by this weekend, we think that the wind shear should start to subside just a little bit, giving it that opportunity. But you see how it's kind of this, like, goofy shape, right? So what essentially we're going to see happen is it's going to start kicking more like due north, and then more like due northwest, and then start coming around again north, and eventually like a bit of a northeasterly direction. And the computer models on this, Jeremy, and we're going to look at all of them here shortly, but what I think is interesting, the computer models are really starting to pulse up the intensity on this kind of down the road into uh, well into next week.
1: Yeah, and they've also slowly shifted this uh, down the road a little bit farther west. So initially it was maybe... Uh, Bermuda, or some models have a little east of there, some a little bit west. Now it's kind of between the Carolinas and Bermuda, or uh, somewhere in that area. I don't believe any models at the moment um, really bring it to the Carolinas, but it has um, definitely trended slightly farther to the
0: west. Right, and, and either way, this is a part of our long-range pattern that we knew would at least be in that vicinity, which, uh, you know, if we, if, we just, if we just pull up the, the data on that... The if dates you want to on bring the Carolina those, storm system, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, and if you want to
1: bring up that map that you had again after this one, um, where it shows all those little lows, I think that will give a good idea too. But we can talk about this first, that uh, kind of 21st to 29th, there's about two or three uh, areas of low pressure that we noticed that were uh, kind of near the Carolinas or off the East Coast. Um, and that's, uh, that's back right now. So, yeah, this uh, late August time frame, certainly favors something that would be kind of like near east of the Bahamas and then near the Carolinas or east of there. But you look at all those areas of low pressure, and uh, Eric put the date in on those, and we're really watching in October part of the pattern uh, cycle back now. And uh, this is a pretty clear indicator. So to see a tropical system and potentially a hurricane slide up in that area, uh, that's right on schedule.
0: Yeah, not a surprise at all. The question is going to be, does it get a little closer to Bermuda or does it get a little closer to the Carolinas? We'll look at the model data on Franklin here coming up, but it it definitely looks interesting. Elsewhere, we do have a few other things to watch. There's tropical depression Gert. It is not all that intense, all said and done, this thing really shouldn't be much more than a remnant low here in the next couple of days' time. And then elsewhere, the remnants of Emily lifting to the north. And some models are trying to hint at some possible redevelopment with this. Not a big concern there, though 20% likelihood of that happening over the next seven days' time. And then off the coast of the Cabo Verde Islands, on the right side of the screen there, that's the coast of Africa. Um, This is Invest 92. Not really looking impressive this morning. At one point, it did have a high likelihood of developing. That bubble was in red. Now it's in orange. So the development chances have come down. But over the next seven days' time, Hurricane Center says there's a medium 50-50 shot that we do get something developing there. But, uh, you know, I think the—not the impressive, but the uh, the areas of note are certainly a little closer to home, Jeremy, across um, the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if maybe this is a good time to bring it up, but um, the last several weeks we've had so much dusty dry air over the main development region. We're starting to see that eroded. Yeah. Um, Some of those waves that moved off initially chewed into that a little bit. There's still some dusty dry air out there, but we have a lot more uh, pockets of uh, where development can occur now. We certainly have seen that in the last several days. And if you want to run this forward, uh, this will lead into a little bit of the forecasting we're going to talk about and uh, potentially why the Gulf, maybe the southeast coast, somewhere in there, uh, needs to watch late this month and into very early September.
0: Right. So look at the time frame there. That's August 28th, and essentially the Gulf and the Caribbean completely quiet down. Let me Let me loop this again. This is kind of where we are right now. Saharan dust around Florida, around the Caribbean, around Louisiana. But watch through time how it all purges out near the United States. And what we end up with next week is a bunch of Saharan dust over the main development region, the open waters of the the Atlantic. But the Gulf, the Caribbean, the Bahamas, Turks, Caicos, and waters off the Carolinas— all lose that Saharan dust. So, Jeremy, the regions for development are absolutely going to be next week into early September, the Gulf and the Caribbean and the nearshore waters to the United States.
1: Yeah, and that's something we have uh, been talking about, maybe a a little closer homegrown system. Not something that we watch come off the coast of Africa, cruise across the Atlantic, and you have maybe 7 to 10 days to really track that Well, instead, late this month, and this will lead into our discussion here, forecasting forward, uh, a part of the pattern returns where I think we might need to watch that eastern third or half of the Gulf of Mexico, and then maybe off the east coast of Florida or the southeast coastline. That will start to turn into a, a favored area development. And then some of those same areas, especially off the southeast coast or east of Florida, Uh, maybe the first uh, week or two of September, kind of through the middle part of September, we really have to watch more the U.S. coastline versus systems uh, just way out in the open waters.
0: Well, and it lines up perfectly with our long-range cycling weather patterns. So, you know, just case in point, um, you know, when we look at the overall weather patterns, we've got the dates there, and give me two seconds, I'll get this dialed up here, but look at the different dates here. The West Coast Florida part of the weather pattern is the very end of August through September, and then you've got another opportunity on the east coast of Florida that runs from about September 8th through the 14th. So, Jeremy, you know, as we start looking at that dust subsiding, as we start looking to the models, I think we're already starting to see some indications um, of this playing out. And of course, the best way to do that is going to be to look at the model data.
1: Right. And uh, we text often, uh, especially before we do these um, Tuesday discussions. And I looked at uh, several different models today. And again, there's still quite a ways out, but we are starting to see more than just uh, one outlier model that puts like this uh, fantasy hurricane or what is, what's the term you use sometimes?
0: Fake-a-cane.
1: Yeah, fake-a-cane out there. Uh, we're starting to see more models kind of hinted very late August yeah. or maybe into the early part of September, and it's starting to uh, really show a certain geographical region, and that's kind of maybe the eastern third to half of the Gulf or off the southeast coastline. And why don't you guide us through uh, some of this uh, ensemble data?
0: Absolutely. And I just also want to mention, we've got plenty of people that are commenting. We're, 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 we're just kind of running down the data. And then at the end, we'll be able to take all of your questions, comments, and concerns. But a couple of people were talking about cat six hurricane and that that's just not going to happen. So
1: yeah, I know. I mean, obviously that, that was kind of like a social media thing. We'll, we'll probably just set that aside. And we'll focus on what we do here. Right. Uh, again, the scale goes from one to five.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's look at the on uh, at the computer models. And first off, this is the American GFS model. Um, and what we're looking at here. Obviously, you've got the Gulf of Mexico. You've got the Caribbean. The colors that are cooler, so the blues, the greens, the purples—that's lower pressure, anomalously lower pressure. So that's exactly what tropical systems are. Left side of your screen, there's Harold, for example. Um, the storm system comes ashore. There you go. This is the GFS sixty, so it's the most recent. Bringing it ashore, not a big deal. But notice kind of the center of your screen there—that purple dot. That's Harold. Okay. Uh, excuse me, that's Franklin. Oh my gosh, too many storms. The one in the Gulf is Harold. The one in the Caribbean is Franklin. Am I right, Jeremy?
1: I believe so, yes.
0: Good grape. Hold <laughs> on, I need more coffee. Okay, so Harold makes its way ashore in uh, Texas or Mexico. Franklin crosses the Dominican Republic in Haiti. Kind of gets weakened a bit, which is exactly what is expected. But it emerges out near the Turks and Caicos and starts to develop. And you see that purple dot, that brighter shade, that right there shows that it's intensifying. And what is that? That's like a, a nine fifty-nine sixty low. So, I mean, according to the GFS, Jeremy, for example, I mean that's that's hinting that it could be a, a powerful hurricane off the coast of Bermuda and the Carolinas.
1: Yeah, and so far this season another thing we've uh, sort of noticed is the storms that have really gotten going or organized a little bit have done so as they move farther to the north. So far the main development region we've obviously had activity, named storms out there, but some of those have not really uh, held their own, they've been chewed up, sheared out, but once we kind of get out of that main zone and these storms lift a little bit farther to the north, they're getting a little more energetic. And that's why we I think and I think really need to watch to that late August time frame, which yeah. you're going to show here in a little bit, because that's outside of that main development area. And um, I don't know if there's a little uh, influence of an El Nino factor in here, because that's one of the characteristics is um, kind of you get those upper level winds that um, inhibit or limit tropical development. Well, these are getting farther north of that boundary.
0: Yeah, agreed. And you can see that's where this developed. Obviously, Herald kind of did its thing further to the north, per se. So, uh, that's an interesting feature. So, that's the 29th of, of August. That's the current GFS run. Let's go back one run, showing a powerful storm, kind of the same spot. Go back two runs, powerful storm, same spot. Three runs, powerful storm, you know, pretty much the same spot. Four runs, um, a, a little faster and a little further to the east. So there's consistency for sure that Franklin is going to be moving north, but the trends have been closer and closer to the Carolinas. And this is of no surprise because we knew using our, our long range forecasting, we knew that that window would give us something both in time and in space. So there's that, but let's go beyond this Jeremy. Okay. Because, um, we, we, we look on the GFS, things are relatively quiet, relatively quiet, but right at the end of the model, look there in the Gulf of Mexico, that's September 5th, 6th, 6th, uh, a little area of low pressure developing further north, kind of a Caglow, if you will, and then moving into the Florida Panhandle. Um, this is another feature that is, is of interest because, again, if we look at our cycling pattern, we did highlight the, the, the kind of west coast of Florida, if you will, from the panhandle down, um, and we're using August 30th through September 5th as our timeline. The GFS is an outlier in time, so we've got it through September 5th, the GFS has September 6th, but all the rest of the models which we'll show are showing it earlier in time.
1: Yeah, and I think a model that's started to be slightly more consistent in the longer range with this would be, I think, the European model.
0: Yep, yep. So let's get right over to the European, and we're just going to look. And and, and again, we'll take this all through time. So uh, just to set the stage again, um, there we are. We've got Harold making landfall. There's Franklin working across Hispaniola, kind of lifting to the north. Um, And then from there, lifting And at that same time, this is where it gets interesting, right? So this is Tuesday. You've got Franklin east of us, your area, my area. But then there's a CAG that fires up off of Central America, lifts to the Yucatan, lifts to the Gulf of Mexico, and then there's the 31st of August. That timeline is right in our window of this Florida West Coast storm system and you notice it's in the exact same spot as the GFS, but the timing is a little different. So there, we're starting to, you know, the models are starting to chew on the fat a little bit. They're just not sure on necessarily timing. But but I think that we're really going to have to watch that space. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. And if you go back to last week's discussion, which I know it's hard to remember what had for breakfast, let alone right. what we talked about last week on this show. But remember, we have several different, Kind of longer range tools uh that we go to when we make our forecast put our thoughts together and one that's a little bit more in the medium range and eric did a great job of overlaying this last week and saying hey you know what maybe that uh very end of um august another little piece that we look at that's like i it's definitely non-traditional forecasting but it's something that we have used and when it's uh appropriate we kind of bring it out and we show it and last week eric did a great job of this so uh, you can talk about this
0: yeah so that that's the it's called the bsr bearing uh, the bearing sea rule the bearing straight rule and essentially what you're actually looking at on this map is what has happened in the past in the northern pacific and it's using a weather um Technique called the teleconnection. Essentially, what happens there will loosely resemble what happens here about two two and a half weeks later. And so, based on this, you know, researchers that are smarter than me, maybe maybe not smarter than Jeremy. You're a pretty smart feller, uh, <laughs> but but you know, it, it, they they have found that this is a kind of a loose teleconnection. So it gives us the ability to check our work. And this right here, watch. The Gulf into the Panhandle-ish or the Big Bend of Florida, and that timeline, that happened on August the 14th up in the Pacific. And if you teleconnect that out, August 14th, one, two, one, two, that's around the 31st, plus or minus a day, but around the 31st um, of August. So now you've got computer models starting to think about it. You've got um, the the long-range forecast that we put out in March thinking about it, and the BSR... On, Third weather technique kind of showing the exact same thing. So confidence, at least for us, I would say Jeremy is growing just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's something that we have to watch closely because this would, like I said, this is not something that you're going to get 7 to 10 days to watch come cruising across the Atlantic. It's something that, oh, yep, that low that's, uh, whether it's by the Yucatan or in the Gulf, boom, there it is. Um, It's something that could develop quickly. And maybe it's just a low that uh, doesn't strengthen a lot, but then it crosses over the Panhandle, or North Florida gets off the southeast coastline because this is the part of the pattern that we saw back around Memorial Day weekend.
0: Yeah. So either way, interesting stuff, you know, and and I, I love using all the tools we have in our tool chest, right? And, and, right. and I really do appreciate um, kind of thinking outside of the box because it gives us more advantageous forecast so that lines up directly with here's the european and let's you know while we're talking european like let's look at the canadian notice the canadian the exact same spot just about the exact same timeline um so you know you're starting to see a bunch of models indicating that yes it's way down the line but consistency breeds confidence and we're not just using computer models we're also using some long-range techniques that are adding to that.
1: Yeah, and these are techniques we just dreamt up last night. I mean, I've been uh, using the, the LRC, our cycling uh, kind of method that we help to make our March 1st forecast mm-hmm. that we put out every year, which uh, those dates that you see right there, that's from, that's from March. We yeah. highlighted uh, that hot spot there uh, near the Florida Panhandle down through uh, West Central um, Florida, and that goes back to March the 1st. So yeah. these are ideas we've had for uh, quite a while. So uh, not
0: much has changed. We'll see how things end up playing out. Yeah, no doubt. So that's that. All right, let's move over and let's look at some of the ensembles. Now, what is an ensemble model? I always love, I always love showing this. Um, essentially, think of an ensemble model as... Uh, panels, pressure... Hold on. There it is. Okay, I'm like, why are you not thinking? So think of it as... 50 different versions of computer models. You kind of see each of those panels has these green dots that are showing up. So w- the way that we look at ensemble members, at least normally, is we put them all on top of each other, okay? So for example, you can see here, this is the GFS ensemble. There's the Caribbean. And you've got a bunch of those little L's showing up, showing um, areas of low pressure, in other words, Franklin, lifting over the Dominican Republic in Haiti, all right? And then they weaken it, and then as it lifts to the north, right? Those ensembles start lifting to the north. We start to see other and we start to see other features showing up kind of in the Gulf of Mexico. That's the 30th, 31st. And so we're already starting, even on the GFS ensemble, Jeremy. Notice a few of the ensemble members, not a bunch, but a few of them are showing lowered pressure around the panhandle. So that's the correct timeline, we think, based on all the other models. But only like two or three of the GFS. Ensemble members are sniffing that out.
1: Right. Um, also, one thing I want to point out on those ensembles I mean, this is a bunch of different runs of one model. It's keeping it east of the Carolinas. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Keeping and Franklin. You can see. You can see all those ensembles when talking about Franklin, like all of those ensembles are keeping it East. So that's good. Yeah, that's good confidence. So that's the GFS. Let's switch over to the European ensemble plots. Um, And uh, there's Franklin there in the bottom center of your screen, all those little L's, right? Lifting to the North. It's important to also note there's like 100 European ensemble members. There's 50 GFS ensemble members. So more L's together are to be expected with the European. But start to notice here, that's the 26th. Start to notice a couple of those little L's showing up around the Yucatan Peninsula and the west end of Cuba, right? There, we're starting to see more and more of these ensemble members kind of showing two systems. Here's another way to look at it um, in a more visually pleasing way, we'll say. But you've got, at this point, you kind of have two systems lifting to the north. That's going to be interesting to see if that and how that will play out. But what you end up with is kind of a smorgasbord of of lows heading to the north. Um, this is as far out as the current run of the ensemble goes the 6E. That's 144 hours out. If I were to go back one ensemble run, you can see though it's, you know, it's kind of going to that spot that we would expect it to go to toward like the panhandle of Florida. But either way, I think that the new 6E ensemble is picking up on what I think we would think, which is around the very end of August or the very beginning of um, September, the Florida Panhandle, Big Bend area, that region needs to be watching for a, a bit of a homegrown system.
1: Yeah. And one thing that some people may start to think well, hopefully Harold cooled the water down. I don't, I think maybe it just displaced a little bit of surface water. Yeah. We'll have a week, almost a week before that low would move in. And that's going to start moving out of where Harold went. It's going to move north of there. And that's water that really has not been touched so far this hurricane season, and it's uh, 80s to what around 90 degrees almost. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm, I'm pulling it up right now here. Um, you know the water temperatures there. Go, thank you. You know the water temperatures like right at the right at the beaches are what 83.
1: So that's right, dropped, r- now. but that's
0: right at the beaches. But you know you head offshore and you're talking 87 88 and it's important to note anything above 80 degrees is sufficient for tropical development.
1: And I do think Harold has kind of maybe churned that water up a little bit that you're clicking on over there. Yeah. What about closer to Florida, maybe northeast gulf?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we come over to Florida, you know, and you're talking about like that west coast part of the pattern Jeremy, like like it it's 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 untouched, you know? It's not 95 anymore but it's 88, you know, especially hit that loop current, 88, 87, 86. So that's plenty warm um, to see tropical development, particularly if, you know, the models are picking it up. If you're losing your Saharan dust, then it's just a matter of, it seems like finally things atmospherically are going to be coming together for development. And and certainly that's not what we like to see.
1: No. And even off the southeast coastline now, um, our water temperature the last, I would say, week to almost 10 days has been consistently 87 88 degrees so we're at the warmest uh, water temperatures we've seen and i think that um once you get in a a more synoptic uh favored area for franklin warm water there pretty much dust free uh that system could develop very fast
0: and that's what the models are showing as well so yeah i mean and look at just look at the numbers right like we're we are now working into September. This is when the hurricane season absolutely picks up. And I, I, I think that we've been saying this for the better part of a month, that we knew the end of August and early September was going to be wild. Not wild, but 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 very active. And that's definitely what's happening. Um, and then once we get to mid-late September, things should start to quiet down again.
1: Yeah, that's uh, certainly what we're hoping. So I think once we get past uh, whatever that nicole part of the pattern would end up yep. looking like then we would be into the back half of september very likely and hopefully into a little quieter period
0: right all right hopefully. uh questions now for everybody that's uh, that's joining us now we can open it up to questions um kevin says i think it's obvious that the panhandle storm will happen in some fashion kevin's mentioning
1: I mean, at the very least, um, a lot of models are hinting at some low pressure there. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, um, I don't know if I'm sold on the direction they're moving it, something like that. Uh, lots of variables. Uh, when we forecast these things, we're kind of um, that hotspot area. It's, uh, our confidence is pretty high that that, that hotspot is there for a reason, higher than average chance of a landfall during the season in that area. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, whether it it cruises across and then develops more off the southeast coast. Um, Hopefully it doesn't uh, develop to be very strong. But again, there's a lot of other factors um, where we're looking at the water temperatures, uh, the dusty dry air is gone. So I think that's uh, something late August into September we'll have to watch.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Trish is asking, might be a super basic question here, but I've heard you reference CAG a couple of times today. What is a CAG? It's not a super basic question, but it's one of those things that, like, when we're just doing our analysis, you kind of mention it. You don't really think much of it. Do you, uh, Jeremy, you want to talk about the Central American gyre, super simply?
1: I mean, it's just that uh, you can get just these little areas of low pressure or... Sometimes it's late in the season, you'll get a front that drops down there, and these can kind of um, form along that, and then they end up being a little tropical system, but um, yeah, they're usually down, uh, they kind of favor the Caribbean area, and um, late season, you start to see these a little more often.
0: Yeah, it's like early season and late season You usually when you're making that transition, right? So <clears throat> that's that. All right, next question. Pete Jenkinson, I have a cruise this Friday out of Port Canaveral. First off, super jealous. Uh, and then flying out on Thursday the 31st out of Orlando. How's it looking for me? So, uh, I mean, I would say, you know, we've got some tropical stuff well east of Florida. So... Way out there, I think that the waters are going to get bumpy, but I don't think that we're having any kind of major issues for cruises. But, of course, um, depending what cruise line you're on, um, you know they're going to be watching things very, very closely. Uh, Jamie's asking, Jeremy, is the Nicole part of the pattern showing up on the models yet?
1: Um, that's one thing I was looking at. So there is a model that goes out like 768 hours. If you think the uh, GFS gets a little crazy at hour 384, well, take that out and almost uh, pretty much double it. So when I look at this model, I just try to look at things um, kind of overall, hey, does it have the right idea that fits kind of what we are thinking and what we know should sort of happen? So I would say it's um, at times hinted at um, maybe something tropical. But so far, it, it hasn't really been completely on board. But again, that is something. Remember when Nicole formed? That was a low that was either near or just northeast of the Bahamas, kind of formed yep. boom fairly quick. Yep. So this is something that would, that potentially again could be uh, a little closer to
0: homegrown. Which which <clears throat> would lend to believe, as long as it doesn't just stop and stall, you know, it would lend you to believe that it would also not be a massively powerful system which we would hope but you know that's down the line we certainly have to watch for the trends Um, Christian's asking an interesting question should I cancel my cruise out of Philadelphia which is heading to Bermuda on August the 29th
1: oh Oh, the 20th I thought they were going to talk about Franklin
0: no no Uh, well yeah I mean Franklin so from Philly oh okay to Bermuda in late August I mean that timeline you know the
1: yeah so can you bring up maybe like uh, the European or the GFS on the 29th just to get an idea? Yeah,
0: yeah. Give me, give me a few seconds just to get over to it. <clears throat> All okay. right. So we'll do just raw GFS.
1: And then I don't know uh, if you can move the um, part of the country.
0: Yep, yep. I'll move the map. And hold, That, is, a, give a that is definitely a
1: good question, though. I have been getting lots of cruise questions here. Uh, on my end as well, people that are heading out on cruises yep. um, coming up.
0: Yeah. All right. So here's the pressure, and I'm going to just do the Atlantic Basin just for the moment. All right. So the 29th, like there's there's the morning of the 29th. So you're going to end up with, uh, and and I'm trying to think like what view would be like southeast okay. United States, like. Yeah, like I mean there. at this
1: at this point, we're probably thinking it's it stays away from uh the mid-Atlantic or the Northeast, but
0: that would be some uh bumpy seas out there. Yeah, I, I would think, depending on the cruise again, d- depending on the cruise line, you know, some cruise lines have their own onboard like like um Royal Caribbean has Craig Setzer, who's an unbelievable tropical meteorologist, um buddy of mine, but like for that I would say, should you cancel your cruise, Christian? They're going to make some safe decisions. I can promise you that. I don't know what cruise line you're on, but like if that's a hurricane, which it would probably be, they're not going to cruise into a hurricane. Do they cancel right. it or do they go out and like give you like a Canadian, you know, tra- who knows? But I would just say stay dialed in and and and, and yeah. watch because, yeah, I, I don't that's- know. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: um i mean can they de- i haven't been on a cruise before i know you have um do they delay these like a day or so
0: you know what they love to do if i'm honest they love to go out and just kind of dilly dally somewhere where they can still make their money <laughs> you know <laughs> they'll cancel all your ports of call the only pre- the only reason that this one is interesting <clears throat> is because it's supposed to go to bermuda right but like Say you want to go to Nova... Say that they're like... Because there's rules about you have to go to other countries. You can't just go United States to United States. So say they wanted to sail to Nova Scotia. Like, look at where that's going. Right. So it's like, could they go up there? And, you know... I, that's going to be an interesting... Co- I'm I'm curious what they end up doing there, you know?
1: And then trailing that one, what happens in the Northeast?
0: Right. Well, Dubai. right, yeah. Because after that, then you get, you know... Another storm system developing in the Gulf of Mexico, and, and depending on what model you believe, but um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I mean, this
1: time this time of year with cruises, do they let you change them, or do you have to have the insurance?
0: Listen, dude, I I just tried to cancel a cruise the other day. Now, you get your taxes back, you know. They okay. they are if you don't have insurance, which I had insurance, but if you don't have insurance, forget about it. Okay. Now, do they put weather travel waivers in and stuff? Again, I would just say that cruise from, from the northeast to Bermuda, there's some questions about, about the weather for you. Okay,
1: well, I'll tell you what. If the cruise does go out and there's some big seas out there, we now have someone that can send us some photos and
0: video, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes that's correct okay um, Anthony so these cold fronts steering these early lows away from the mainland is that an El Nino effect will this pattern for will this pattern be for the entire season
1: <clears throat> um, I mean it's common for cold fronts to pick these systems up carry them carry them away um, I don't know if I'd necessarily tie cold fronts to El Nino and, and vice versa but uh, cold fronts they can be your friend when it comes to uh, tropical systems they can steer them Turn them north and east. Um, again, though, just a couple of questions ago, they can also stall out and be an uh, area formation for a new one.
0: Right, and 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 I will say that the overall mentality of an El Nino year is you get the jet stream pushing further to the south. It's not going to go all the way to the Bay of Campeche, but it's you know it's it's going to shift that around. We're seeing these fronts already kind of sliding in to Florida. So there you go. Um, it, you know it's it's. Is it directly tied in? You know, there have been a lot of troughs, though. Uh, you know, pretty early troughs. You can't argue that point,
1: right? Yeah. Um, although it hasn't really cooled our temperatures much.
0: No, no, they're weak fronts, but but there's definitely that, and that'll be interesting because come October, November, when we're settling up our our next cycle, do these troughs keep pushing further, and you know, do these do these fronts keep doing their thing, and thus we have a pretty quiet setup? It, it, it's possible, right?
1: Yeah, we have another um, cold front coming in here middle part of this week. It's pretty much just going to change our winds to the northeast, might cool us down very briefly, Mm -hmm. and then we'll warm back up again. But yeah, there's little fronts here and there. And um, that's one thing, that front's coming down, but Franklin's not far enough north to get picked up and thrown to the northeast. So the front comes down. Another front, kind of a warm front pushes in and then it opens up that channel off the East coast.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're watching. Just a reminder, guys, gals, people, you can always find us after the fact. If you need to check back in, it's a video podcast on Spotify, but it's also available on Apple podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all of the things. So make sure to tell your friends to check us out. You can like it and What do those kids say on the YouTube? Like and subscribe,
1: right? Isn't that? Yeah, something like that. Um, Also, on our websites, uh, I know ours is wjcl.com. Yeah, we put all of these on there, and you can go watch them. It's uh, usually one of our most popular things because obviously, if someone's at work right now, they might go back later. Yep. And I'll watch it or doing something with the kids' school. And once school's over for the day or they're winding down for the night, they'll they'll get caught up on
0: the tropics. Yeah, Jamie's asking uh, over on YouTube, as Franklin moves along and if it gets closer to the United States, would you bring in another Met to discuss it, such as South Carolina? Yeah, I mean, we've got stations there. We could bring in uh, Chris Justice or, or, or others just to, uh, you know, chat and see how things are being handled in their markets, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, well, also, um, if this uh, does go up farther, we have a uh, station in Baltimore. Um, maybe we'll uh, get a first-hand account of what's going on with some of the cruises uh, headed out of the northeast.
0: I, I could tell you, like, we've got graphics. Like, point down, Jeremy. Like, there's a box below you there that's <laughs> empty right now. We can fill right that with, there. A, with a live person or a live crew or one um, of you.
1: <laughs> If you don't have more questions, let's go back one more time because I think we're within, um, I could, you can probably, well, I could actually draw the miles on here for Harold. It looks like we're within about 10 to 15 miles of landfall.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the, Texas the coast. there's and the if radar. if you zoom in the
1: radar, it's now very obvious uh, where the center, the center is at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the radar there. It's definitely yeah, it's, going to be staying
1: south of Corpus Christi and north Brownsville, so kind of kind of a little bit in between there. Yep. Um, so yeah, that will uh that that will cruise in. It's moving along pretty quickly, so that's that will at least uh, hopefully limit flash flood potential.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be watching that for sure. And of course, uh, updating you as needed. So Jeremy, uh for right now, I would say we probably maybe we'd need I don't know that we need another one of these this week.
1: Yeah, we'll see what um, we'll see what happens. But obviously, we we always uh, tell everyone if something big gets going, we'll let you know. And uh, if that big thing happens to be something that develops in the golf, uh, we can uh, hop on here anytime and let you know. And maybe that's this uh, coming weekend. We get a better idea. But I mean, a week from now is the 29. So by that time we would know if something is going to be forming there.
0: Yeah, well, and to that point, like, you're the chief, so you've got a pretty set schedule. Like, what's my schedule look like next week? I don't even know. Oh, I'm night side. So if we need to... Oh, I'm, I'm chief next week. That's right. So, <clears throat> Tony Minolki, well, you're not, off, no, baby.
1: Gonna... Right. Tony, maybe you should let Tony know, hey, Tony, you're probably going to be coming in.
0: <laughs> well, poor guy. Listen, poor guy. That's not the news. The man needs next week off, but if he needs to he needs to um, yeah so it'll be interesting so maybe we end up if that looks to be the case maybe we end up doing one of these on Monday and Tuesday you know whatever we need to do we'll figure that out
1: right we could even do uh, if we're both at work at the same time uh, do an evening one
0: yeah I'm I'm always down for it so alright that's it for now it's 1040 I gotta go to work
1: yes I'll be headed to work in a, in a little while as well just uh, dealing with the heat for now around here
0: Yep. Sounds good. All right. Listen, thank you all for hanging out. Tell your friends and uh, we love uh, chatting tropics. So, and we'll, we'll up the coverage as is needed, but for now it's sunny in central Florida. I'm West two meteorologist, Eric Burris.
1: And I'm WJCL 22 chief meteorologist, Jeremy Nelson in Savannah, Georgia.
0: All right. We'll see y'all later.